Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, in this brand new cool studio. We're 18 floors up looking at Chicago, and I'm sitting here next to John Vincent, who many of you people know uh, the voice almost more than anything else. I mean, uh, but there's so much stuff. There's so many stories. I think this is going to be part one of like seven times. I decided you up for like a seven series show, John. You're in for it. Uh, but You're those of you know him from uh, obviously Cubs games uh, at doing the national anthem, of course, Green Bay Packers stuff. I know that that's yeah, a, that's a, we got to talk about that. But then there's also, of course, the connection with Mike Dick and Dick's restaurant, which is actually where I met you. And we've got kind of a crazy crazy story about how we met with the greater head things and then every every year since then we've come back and uh jen my fiance who we get married in uh on the 27th of july at river roast uh, just down the street here uh you have sang to her every birthday that i've known her uh at ditka's and that's kind of how this whole thing got started and uh super exciting and, and then of course there's the causes and the things that you get you get behind and uh, for those of you who don't follow John on Facebook and Twitter and things like that, you should definitely follow John, connect on Facebook, because uh, you do a lot of live stuff. You go out and, and kind of share your feelings about stuff. And uh, the the place that we're going to begin and end on this show is in the bullying sphere. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there's not a better time to talk about bullying. We've got a bully in almost every office right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And social media is just rife with bullying. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know it's an important thing to you. And I obviously, you know, I think everyone has gone through it, but it's just a matter of like how it hits you and how, what you did with it. And so uh, we're going to spend the, the whole show with John and talk about all this stuff. But before we get into that stuff and uh, and more, I want to learn a little bit about sort of just your words, John, like who you are and, and how uh, you've come to this great city. I'm finding out just sitting here that your you know, family's from Italy. I just got back from Italy. Nice. Uh, yeah, you, you can do this whole show in Italy, in yeah. Italian, if you want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself on the on just the, the basis of who John Vincent is, and then uh, we'll take our way through that. I kind of feel like when uh, Jack Nicholson is uh, asking Adam Sandler in anger management, no, tell me who you are. No, who and, and, are well, you? I think I'm a good guy. No, who are you? <laughs> you got to dunk that. <laughs> you got to dunk that. <laughs> That's funny. I can't even say yeah. it. I, I just, um, I'm listening to this and I want your voice. That's the problem. Here. I just, you talk. You got it. Um, yeah, my mom and dad both came here from Italy, but they met in Chicago at like an Italian social dance back in the 60s. Uh, my dad came here by boat, my mom by, by plane. My dad actually was born in 1935 in Italy during World War II, so really had it tough. There's yeah. a Sports Illustrated article I talk about where he went through some really crazy stuff that he told me when he was like seven, eight years old that he saw that he hopes we never see in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, I grew up on the South side. I grew up a Cubs fan watching them on WGN, especially there on during the day back then. The first night game was what? 1988. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I watched them when I was a kid all through that. And that's how I became a Cubs fan. I became a Packer fan because my parents got a place in uh, Wisconsin when I was younger, and I used to go to Northern Pike fishing and love it, and uh, just started following the Packers, knowing that they're owned by the city and all that is like really cool. And I'm like, that's really neat. It's a town of a hundred thousand people, and I get a lot of fun ribbing, you yeah. know, from people and everything. I, I mean, I don't take it seriously. Me, the, the only thing you could say if I really take seriously is the Cubs. Um, and again, that's a sport, but the Ricketts family. Um, Crane Kenny and Joe Madden and the players on that team are just great people. I sound like a homer. I sound like I'm saying this because I sing for them. Yep. 
But no, they they gave me a World Series ring. I was gonna say I was looking for. I was yeah, I know. I don't. Ring. I'm not wearing it. Like they, probably not a good idea to just like, wander around the city with it. I'm, I'm actually thinking. <laughs> Probably not. Although I, I find it hard to believe that you've got a lot of guys who are like chasing after, like, "Hey, I'm gonna, you know, try to try to rob you." I feel like that's probably a bad idea. But yeah, I mean, they did that, and 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 they're just so kind. And and Mr. Ricketts, the best owner in sports by far. And uh, yeah, very lucky with that. So, and that's it. I live in I live in the North Side now, not far from here. You know, just took the bus down one fifty one down uh, Michigan Avenue, and here we go. Very cool. So, like, so your background. We're gonna have to take a break in a minute. We'll come back and, and kind of get into the your background as a, as a kid growing up and how the bullying thing kind of comes to play here. Um, but <clears throat> professionally speaking, how like I just want to know how did you how did you connect with Mike Ditka and like how did this all start? Because you you I am nowhere near where you are in this like career of connectivity. But like I'm one of those people, according to others, I'm one of those people in Chicago who's connected all these random things. Like we're connected and for no reason yeah. whatsoever other than. Uh, the greater head stuff, but even that, you're a Packers, Packers fan, yeah. and the guys who built it were Bears fans, but the guys who filmed all the stuff we did with you guys uh, is actually Max McGee's son. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, the first, if you don't know Max McGee, the first, uh, he was a Packer, he was the first uh, was Super Bowl MVP, uh, and was... Great wide just, receiver for the Packers yeah, back in the day in a crazy the Lombardi story. era. But it's like, we're, I'm just, there's so many connections here, and your career is something that you could never predict and write. It's something you just have to live. Yeah, I never thought I was going to be a singer. So, like, how how did you? Where did it all start? Where did the singing? Uh, my sister said you sound like Sinatra when I was like twenty nine years old, and I'm like, Not and good. I saw him in college uh, back in nineteen ninety three at the United Center. Um, but my sister said you sound like him. I was a recruiter in accounting and finance. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to just start singing right now yeah. at twenty nine. And uh, something made me do it. I had like. Uh, I was dating a girl. It didn't work out. And I went to Vegas on a whim, and I'm like, I'm going to just become a singer. And I just went to Vegas to blow off some steam, obviously. That's how all great stories start. I was <laughs> I dating a Vegas. girl, and then I went to Vegas, <laughs> yeah. and I came back. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, she kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, <clears throat> just didn't go well. And so I left, and, yeah, went out to uh, Vegas, took like a little break, and uh, was, you know, nursing my wounds. And. My mom's calling me, you know, crying like, you know, oh my God, come on, don't don't quit your job. I'm like, I'm not. I go, but I'm gonna start singing at night. And I started at Rosebud in a place called No No Pinos on a, on the north side, northwest side. And then one of the recruiters I worked with um, went to Ditka's, heard a guy singing, goes, I got a buddy who's trying to do Sinatra, and that was 17 years ago. And they'd have about five or six different singers rotate yep. every week and piano players. So they got rid of the singers, gave me a four month deal a year and then a lifetime contract. Amazing. We're going to get into that in a second here. We're going to take a quick break cuz uh, you know, we need commercials to pay the bills around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it's the White Sox now, but I, you know, I grew up a Sox fan, but I'm a, I like the Cubs for the same reasons you did. They're very exciting. So, uh, we do need some cur- We are back at WGN Radio AM 720. I'm sitting here with John Vincent. Uh, John, you were in the midst of telling us kind of the story and the singing in, in your your career. Um, and I want to take we're, I do things a little bit backwards as we were just talking about off the air i got my i hit my honeymoon like a week ago before i get married because you know that's that's how we I do like things. that dude. yeah that's cool get the stressful stuff out of the way have a good time yeah. and just you know lay it out yeah uh but this show is just as uh disorganized in an array as i am <laughs> uh so we're gonna go i want to go back to the beginning of you as a kid and start talking about where uh you know your personality and the passion you have was starting to formulate and that i think includes empathizing with other people and that's a big thing that i notice in you 
uh, almost immediately when I first met you. It was just this like warmth. And so uh, why don't we start there? And then we'll, when we go to our you know main halftime break, we'll kind of build your life up and, and start talking about where bowling and things come into play and, uh, and, and just sort of how all these cool things have come together for you in a way that enables you to, to have a really cool platform, which gets you to do this. Yeah, and, and sometimes I get um, um, afraid because I mean I, I have OCD, I have anxiety, I have depression. I'm very vocal about that. So with OCD, you constantly question yourself. It is a constant battle inside your head. You're there are some good things that came out of my OCD. Um, Sinatra's phrasing, you know these other. I'm also voices one of these people, do. by the way. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, all, you I'm, too. Absolutely, everything is. Uh, every single thing is compartmentalized, memorized, track, number of, like, even numbers this. Everything is, like, writing lines. If I have yeah. something that is, like, this this line on here drives me nuts. That's too much blank. Like, it just, there's, like, weird <laughs> things that, like, just every everything about my life is routine. Mine is um, more of the pure O, which is, um, you know, a lot of thoughts of doom, sadness, hypochondria, um things like that. So I get in my own head and I try to fight my mind with my inner body. Came across this book called The Power of Now. It's about living in the moment. And I can get pretty good. I've gotten pretty good with catching myself, but there are times and there's days, today being one of them, where I'm not catching myself. And uh, I had a friend pass away a week ago, um, had some other things happen that just really uh, can get me into a dark place. And I met Anthony Bourdain. I met him at Ditka's with, with the chef, his friend who was with him in France when Anthony killed himself. And uh, I never would have expected Anthony Bourdain to have that. He always seemed like the coolest laid-back guy, like nothing bothered him, right? And um, people say that, you know, when I went on Facebook the one time and I talked about how I felt, people said, you know, we never would have thought that with you. I go, well... The reason I said that and came out with it is because I don't want people to know that they're suffering alone, yeah. you know, and, and I just, yeah, I'll get in my head and I'll beat myself up. And there has been many dark times in my life when I, I don't want to be around anymore. Um, when I'm, uh, really, really down and I'm really out of it and I'm just tired. And I want to say things on Facebook, but then I don't want to be like, hey, preach. You know, people go on there, preaching, John, go ahead, preach, and this and that. And there's so much. Like, after I did the World Series and after I held the note free, there was a lot of positive responses. But there were few, a few very, very mean responses. Um, I lost about 100 and some pounds. But at that time, I was a lot heavier. So there was um, responses about my weight. Um, being a showboat, I cannot sing whatsoever. I uh, have a terrible voice. This guy's a joke. Um, and I took it personally and I called, you know, three people up. Actually, I called Mike Ditka. I called Joe Madden. I called coach McCarthy and they all said, Johnny, if you get to this point, everybody's going to have somebody, you know, against you. Like Lady Gaga comment complimented my anthem, yeah. but I was focused on the people who were attacking me. Why? Because I, I want to be liked. Why do I want to be liked? Because I was bullied when I was a child. And I was I was afraid. I was afraid I didn't want to fight back. And I grow eight inches junior to senior year in high school. But there's a time in my 20s and 30s when I was an angry man. Yeah, I, can. I wasn't the nicest person. And I admit that. 
I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not going to hide that. I was an angry, angry person, and I had a lot of angry feelings because I felt so um, uh, overtaken and uh, abused when I was a kid. You know, when you feel so afraid that you feel you go to school and you're so worried about what is going to happen or you're going to get beat up or this or that or whatever, you grow up in that fear and then you're going to have that into adulthood. And I had to come to terms with that. And I probably came to terms with that within the last few years. I mean, I, there was times when I was a real crabby. You say I'm being nice and this and that. There were times when I was when, when I was in a-hole and I was not the greatest guy around. You know, the thing, though, that is interesting, and, and you would be a perfect person to... And, this, of course, this is not exclusive. But this is one of many symptoms, I think. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times the people who are the most controlled and seem like they've got their stuff together and they're like, you know, the, the top of the world, as you say, um, are the ones, the Anthony Bourdain of the world, you say, like, you meet him, you're like, yeah, seem like the coolest oh, guy. I just, just and took a picture with me. Just so cool. Just so nice. But I feel like those are a lot of times the guys with the demons. I feel yeah, like you the, look at you Robin know, Williams. Yeah. You look at, you know, um, people that, you know, Chris Farley was yep. another one. And yeah. I read about Chris Farley possibly having OCD. And Chris Farley always having to be Wouldn't on. surprise me. He was a savant. He went to Marquette. I went to Marquette. And there was kind yeah. of this, like, there's always a ton of stuff about him there. And, like, the teachers talking about him. Like, he was he was a, a wacky, funny guy. Yeah. But and he always down, had to be was, on. Was, yeah. But always deep on. down, he was very thoughtful and yeah, very yeah. caring and very... John Belushi is another example John Belushi. There's actually a book. Uh, a guy, I'm forgetting his name, David Eitzoff or something like that. It was on the Mark Maron podcast that was just coming out with a book about kind of the darker side of, of Robin Williams and yeah. you know, just dealing with it. So I, I guess the point I'm trying to get at is, like... And this is why we're going to spend the back half of the show talking about things to, to pay attention to this kind of stuff is that it seems like everybody's on top of the world, but you look at like the Kate Spade too. I mean, like yeah. you've got all the money in the world. Money isn't money, really the money big deal. Money does nothing. Yeah. It's, it's, money it's, does nothing. Yeah. I, I don't have anything saved. I make good money, but I don't save it. I don't, I waste it. I spend it. Um, I have a good time. Yeah. But I, I guess sometimes other times I'm just like, I don't, cause to me, I'm very emotional. My emotions, you know, run and dictate my life. So if something good happens, uh, if it's a positive thing or something fun or, or nice, I feel good. Not, I mean, which everybody does, obviously. Sure. If there's something bad, even if it's on a minor scale, I can get very deeply disturbed by that and hurt. And that's the biggest thing that's affecting me in my life now is that how can I get better with doing that and in the book the power now Eckhart Tolle says all there is is this moment like the past is not real because when the past happened that was the present moment if we're lucky enough to see the future when the future happens it'll be the present moment it'll always be the present moment there's never past or future yeah. it's always it's always literally you live now yeah. yeah and and if we're lucky enough to be here a month from now it'll be again now it won't be the future no, there's no such thing as that. like like Apollo told Rocky there is no tomorrow. There is no yeah no I was just thinking the same quote. Right? There is um, no tomorrow. So speaking of there is no tomorrow, we're going to take our commercial break and we're going to come back to the future which will be present at that time. <laughs> uh, and I want to talk I want to like dig in a little bit more on this with you and like how to how to try to sort through this in your head. And then I want to talk on the last half the last quarter of the show I want to talk about uh, kind of a prevention and things that we can do to to be better for people that you know, are dealing with this that we don't know about. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, WGN Radio AM 720. It's John Vincent. I'm Scott Coutune, and we'll be back after this.
Wait a minute, turn on the radio. My homie got a new show and it's time to play it though. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, and I'm sitting with John Vincent. Obviously, this this episode is not Startup Showcase-y, but I, you know, I, I just think sometimes it's it's like good to take a, a quick blow the whistle timeout and just sort of like recap. And I think we've all, you know, I've been on a trip. Uh, I was in Italy for 10 days. Uh, I don't know if anyone out listening has been to Italy or been to Europe in general. It was my first time to both Italy and Europe. I just feel like people are nicer there. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want to, and, and I, I complained to, to my fiance, Jen, about this. Like, I, I missed the fast pace uh, business world that I live in here in Chicago. And in those of you who, you know, go to New York and LA, it's like even crazier. Um, but I didn't miss kind of the snarkiness and like the need to critique and the, like the social media constant like FOMO and like looking at people judging, judging them to pieces. And, and then I was actually talking about this with my mom on the way uh, before I came in this morning about the fact that really Facebook and social media, like there, there are good things about it. I don't mean to rag on it. And obviously it's a big part of our business. Um, but I, I don't like that. The only things you see on social media until it's too late are the best versions of ourselves. And so everyone is judging themselves against the best version of whoever they're looking at. And that's just the most ridiculous, unfair thing because that you'll never achieve it. Nobody lives their life. Like I was in Amalfi. My life actually was as awesome as it looked for about 10 days. It really was. I'm <laughs> not kidding. Great. We were sitting that's there at awesome. the pool at the Waldover Story. Life was oh, good. Oh, yeah. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Brother. Life was good. But we came home and I was tired and business was crazy. And like I had struggles like everybody else has. And, and but we don't post that. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so I think having you in here to talk about this is a good time. And, and honestly... For if I if I have to for the force of just my my media credentials I have to try to tie this into tech and entrepreneurship I'm gonna do that right now by saying anyone out there as a founder uh, you know exactly what it's like to be alone in a box you know exactly what it's like to have everything you're trying to work for be ripped away from you or have somebody else hold those keys and 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 just the the bashing of people when they have a great idea but everyone in the room says they're stupid. You know, like, so this, it is relative The we're not talking about startups per se, but we're talking about people. Um, and so with John here, I want to kind of dive back in. We we're getting pretty deep, um, into sort of like your own personal, uh, struggles, but I, I kind of want to spin into just the, including obviously using you as the, as the example, but, um, <clears throat> just what those struggles look like. Cause I, I think people just think, Oh, that's Johnny or that's so-and-so they're just, they're depressed or they're sad or they get whatever. And don't realize that it is, in some cases, really dire. Yeah, and th- and that's hey, that's okay. When people, I at first when I experienced that, if it was my parents saying that to me, I mean, they love me. They want me to like, come on, stamp out of it. It would bother me. But that's I understand it's okay because people want to see you happy, who love you, and they want you know. Um, my sisters are really really good at at, at like saying, okay, you need to go see someone. When I when I was like my early 20s or actually probably around 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, and, you know, it's something that we don't want to talk about just like 50 years ago, 60 years ago, people didn't talk about cancer and, you know, didn't talk about a lot of diseases and there's a stigma to it. Okay. Um, well, this is the stigma. The stigma is we're all crazy. Yeah. Okay, we all are that is crazy. True. It's the truest statement I've heard in a long time. Yeah, if 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 you think about how we live our life, if you see what's on TV, if you see what's on Facebook, and you see the madness that happens every day, 
human beings as a species, like it almost seems like we're failing because we just keep doing things to destroy ourselves. Where I spend a lot of times when I'm walking and I'll look at animals and they are so in the moment. You see a dog walking down the street. He's like sniffing everywhere. He's looking everywhere. He's looking at the sky. He's looking at the tree. Like he saw everything for the first time. I just got chill. I'm not even kidding. I just got chills on my on my skin when you said that because I do the exact same thing with my like people are like I have a little Bazenji dog named Boo. Yeah. He's my like my world. Yeah. Um, and I I've always said like my fiance is like oh you know he bites kids or something it's not good he can't have him in the house I was like this isn't an option. Boo got me through the hardest times like the times that I was in grad school I was not having fun I did not click with people it was not going well yeah. everyone was I mean I, I, like my dreams were in front of me. And they were crumbling. Sure. And it was not good. And I would come home and I just had this little dog. And this sounds dumb, but his life was simple. And when I was with him, my life was simple. And everything else just made sense. And so when I walk around, I she might my, my Jen always jokes with me because I say, Do you know Boo Ray? When I see like little little animals running around the house like a crazy person, I see him outside, I yell, Do you know Boo Ray? Because yeah. I feel like nature is connected and it feels comfortable and it's like peaceful. It does. And they're very peaceful and they are uh, they don't destroy the world and they don't do the things that we do. They don't, you know, um, if it's pollution or, or, or whatever, or kill for no reason or anything like that. Um, but there is the difference that we have. If I threw a pizza to a, you know, a bunch of whatever, um, if you want to say dogs or, or uh, whatever, bears or tigers or lions, they're all going to fight for that food. Yeah. As human beings... We have that certain quality that we can give that piece of food and say, you're hungry, my brother. Here you yeah. go. Well, it's, it's so empathy the, and reason we're yeah. supposed to have. And that's great that we have that, you know? If we use it. If we use it. If we use it. Like, that's so big. If we can use that, that's huge. We do have all the negativity that we're doing that animals don't have, but we have that empathy. And, you know... Again, I'm a huge screw-up, and I think the more and more I wear my sleeve, my feelings on my sleeve and I show my weaknesses, the stronger I become because, in reality, I'm nobody. Yeah. 100 years from now, nobody's going to give a crap who I am. They're not, it's not, nobody's going to even think about it. You, they say you're lost after two generations. You don't know your ancestors. Like, Do you know who your great-great-grandfather is? I have no clue. Yeah. I, I saw a picture of my great-grandfather. It looked like a drawing. Sure you know? Yeah. Sure, a good, good yeah. personality. But I mean, we we get forgotten because it just keeps going. Yeah. Well, so, life is cyclical. So it's, it's yeah. It's and and the, but the problem is we take everything, including myself, so seriously, worry, we get into this. And I know, I know it comes from childhood. And the Dalai Lama said, or it was Agatole said, if, if you have kids meditate 20 minutes a day, you know, you'll end violence in a couple generations. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know who I'm, I'm very close to Joe Madden, who's very big into meditation, yeah. stuff like that. And I told him, I go, you don't know what a big effect you have on me. When you're around that guy, you feel peaceful. Yeah. You feel a calm that is contagious. And that's why those guys play so well, because he has that. It's yeah. that Zen feeling, right? And you meet people like that in your life, and you're like, holy cow, you could feel that energy. And when you feel the negative energy, it's very tense, right? I, I always equate it to speed. It's like we, we only have like a minute here, and then we got to take a, la a last break. But I, I equate it to speed a lot. If I can slow things down and make better decisions, I don't feel so panicked. Right. It doesn't even matter. It could be depression. It could be anything. It's right. all well, What's relative. the first thing they say when you're all worked up? breathe yeah just chill take a, take a chill well, take we're gonna take a deep breath we're gonna know? take a quick deep breath we'll come back after this last break here 
Uh, and I want to wrap up kind of talking about ways that you have been able to kind of, it's never overcome, but yeah. how you've been able to cope uh, and how you've gotten better and how you've improved in ways that maybe we can share this with, with those out there that are struggling with this, that, that they can also get past it and it's worth fighting for. So uh, John Vincent joining me here. I'm Scott Katoon. You're listening to the, the anti-bowling version of the Startup Showcase <laughs> um, at WGN AM 720. World. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, and you are listening to AM720 WGN Radio Chicago. Joining me, John Vincent, we are on the final frontier of our show. I feel like I feel like Todd should make my show four hours long, don't you? I mean, I just think that's... I agree. I, I don't know if Camille wants to do that. All that's more pay, right? That's, that's a good thing. <laughs> um, so we spent a, a, the portion of the show, and honestly, we've, we've sort of like brushed over... I think you're a star in Chicago. You don't think that's no, I don't, the case. No, but, God, no. And that's, no. And that's perfectly fine. I met are, a star but. the other day, and he was one of the greatest guys I've ever met, Common. Oh, yeah. What a guy. What a guy. I was on WGN TV, yep. and then Thomas Sulo, we were doing a segment. This was a while ago. But, I mean, you that's a guy you feel energy from. And yeah. when he says much love, you feel it from him. Which, I, that's the that's the thing to me. It's like... Going to like Medill at Northwestern, and they talk about you know trying to build media people, and, and I'm not talking about this in the media sense. It can be anything. You could be the best whatever garage mechanic, and like you're the star of the show, like whatever. Um, there's just something innate about people that connect to other people, and like wow, it's like that, that stuff, person's real that stuff. That's just that stuff you can't describe. Yeah, it's just you know, it's he has that stuff. Yeah, you know, Chance has that stuff. You know, Joe Madden has that stuff. Peyton had that stuff, you know. Yep. Um, even guys, and I mean, when you look into sports, you're looking at guys who are really, really good, and I'm trying to think of guys who are just average players that have that stuff. Sam Cassell was one of those guys. Had he got everybody stuff. who just like was around him. Eric Snow, for just name-dropping random players. There you go. Eric Snow was there a guy that everyone's like, that's going to be a coach. Like, that's a guy. He's yeah, just, yeah. He's like a, a bit player who's nobody. Steve Kerr. Steve, I was just going to say, say, Steve Kerr. Look at him. Not five big, championships, yeah. now three as a coach, and it's like... Yeah. Dude's just got it. And there's people like that in everyday life that don't get noticed, um, that are, we're looking out this window that I'm sure I'm seeing on these boats here on the river or walking, you know, out on Michigan Avenue or the streets down here on Wacker that have that stuff. I think we all do. I think most, we're all. Most people we're looking at are just like drunken bros, but but yeah, there's also <laughs> there's also a few of them out there that have that stuff. I wouldn't mind being drunk with them right now. That'd me neither. <laughs> I think that's probably how I'm going to end the rest of this day. To be quite honest, I know you tell me that. Um, so I want to I want to spend the rest of this talking about how you've been able to. You know, we talked a lot about the struggles you've had. We've talked a lot about just the way that you've tried to process it, to breathe, and just kind of calm down and realize that you know other people are dealing with stuff too. Um, what are some of the things that that we should be looking at as both internally as an individual speaking to another individual and then also as a community uh, with, with regards to those struggling. And, well, you know, there's like two sides. I feel like cause we, yeah. we've talked about the, the mental side and then we've also kind of brushed on the anti-bullying. And it's like we're beating ourselves up already. Yeah. I don't need you to give me a shove against the locker. Yeah. I'm already struggling. Yeah. Um, so there's the one side of it, like what if you could say something to because I was the same as you. Like I think everyone had bullying at some point. Yeah. I was a kid who, uh, I was I was a bigger kid, yeah. um, and you know I, I grew up with a lot of anger when I was in you know going out and partying in college. You know, ending up in a, in a fist fight was probably not a rare thing. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I was like, yeah, it was awesome. Like, you know, yeah. But but it was also just like showboating because you you had been dealing with stuff yeah. with people, and it's like I'm not going to take this crap anymore. Um, how do we as individuals? do a better job of managing the pain and the and the challenges and the hardship and the whatever's going on in our head. That's the first thing. And then the last part we're going to end on this show is 
is is the awareness. How do we help stop people from getting shoved into lockers? Well, I think as adults, if you're hurting, go talk to somebody and don't be afraid to do that. And that's what I do. I go see a psychiatrist weekly. You know, he's awesome. He's I, I, I think he's the greatest and, and he makes me feel so much better every time I go there. And I take medication for my obsessive compulsive disorder and depression. I'm not going to lie about that and for my anxiety. Yeah. Um, so do that first, first and foremost for yourself because that will help you. Once you can get yourself good, then you can help others, right? How do you get to that point, though, where you're willing to, and a part of it's stigma, as you mentioned, but another part of it is, is just being able to accept this is a thing. Like, for me, I'm not, I'm not nearly to the point where I, where I, at least I think, maybe at this point, maybe I'm yeah. wrong, at least to my knowledge, I'm not to the point where I need medication, but I will say that beyond the stigma of it, yeah, I, I'm a, I have a hard time healing myself with things i do it internally i don't, yeah. I don't get help i don't and it's it's just a matter of like i'm not I, I can fix it there's one good thing about when you get depressed that i have to say is you stop caring what almost anybody thinks of you yeah and when you do that and it's a really dark spot you then can become really really strong or really really weak and i've become both i've become really really strong at times when i was in my darkest spots and i've become really really weak where I did not want to get out of bed and didn't want to do anything and just it was, you know, a dark room and that's it. But you do become very present and you are right there and you feel, you know, Sinatra, I found out, was manic depressive. He said I was a 24 karat manic depressive. And why do you think he sang so well those love songs, those breakup songs? I'm a fool to want you with Ava Gardner. You yeah. know, when he did, I'm a fool to want you. I mean, you could hear it in his voice. Yeah. The second time he recorded it after he divorced her, you could hear that pain in his voice, right? So there's good and bad. You you feel more. You, you, you can understand more. So that now, getting that, you can say, okay, now I can start looking at other people and saying, what are they going through? Maybe they're having this problem. Maybe that guy who cut me off just got diagnosed with cancer. Maybe that lady who was rude to me in line just got fired from her job. Maybe that uh, other guy, you know, just found out somebody passed away in his family. And if you start jumping to those conclusions instead of jumping to, like, being angry at people and, like, why me, why me, why me? Now you're starting to feel different. You know, it's now you're starting to say, okay, let me look. Because OCD is a very selfish uh, disease. The movie, um, as good as it gets, when I first saw it, I was like, man, they have it so wrong. When I watched it again, I'm like, it is so right. Yeah. Because he is so wrapped up into his own head. He doesn't want to be wrapped up into his own head, Jack Nicholson in the movie. But he's so wrapped up into it that he seems extremely selfish and rude and just like not caring about anybody else. He is really caring about a lot of people, but he's fighting that demon inside of him. So he's constantly battling and battling. And then he tells her, you make me want to be a better man. Yep. Right? I was going to say, sell crazy somewhere else, bro. Stocked up here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> sell crazy I somewhere else, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, and now going down, down the line, if, if, if as adults, we can be, get, get better because we all have our issues. Then we can know we got to do something in the schools. 
we got to do something in the schools because those are the people who are going to take over the next, you know, next generation are going to be the ones who are going to be taking over. So how can we make them happier, safer, feel more comfortable? And that's where the anti-bullying campaign comes in. Don't be a bully. Be a friend. Be a hero. You know, it's not cool to be a bully. It's not. It doesn't. You know, if you see an old woman walking into a, a place and she has a walker and you hold the door for her, an hour later, are you going to feel bad about that? If you get it in like a, a road rage incident, some guy cuts you off and he gives you the finger and you give him the finger back and you guys start swearing back and forth and you're getting pretty pissed, right? Yeah. I guarantee an hour later, you're like, why did I do that? I guarantee you're like, why? Why did I waste my energy on that? I still have some growth to, to get to No, but deep no, down no, inside, no, I'm, I'm, I'm do you teasing, ever like, feel bad when you do something right? No, of course not. Right. I not, When I do something wrong, I feel like crap. I wish I yeah. could swear because I like to swear. Me I too. Sp- That's what the know. live stream and the podcast. Yeah. We have to have, so yeah. We, we've run out of time on this one. Uh, but maybe we'll we'll have you back in the podcast if you've got time for yeah. it. We can do like a two out, like literally go deep, 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 and we can curse yeah. our brains out because that's yeah. it's just it's yeah. a be- well. In truth, it's a better story when you can speak from the actual emotional position you're in. That's we're the, all we're uh, all screwed up. It's all okay. We're not we're not supposed to be perfect because we can't be perfect. Truth. We truth. we can't be perfect, and that's okay. Is there any place that you recommend people uh, like? you know, donate or fundraising for anti-bullying? Is there a preferred space, or is it just keep... keep you know, I, d- I did uh, uh, the anthem for Jared Payton's uh, golf outing, and I know he does bullying, yep. so I don't know if what, what he has, but he is such a great guy. Yeah. I would say that would be the first place I would look Another into. Another mutual contact. Jared Payton's good what, yeah, he's awesome. Years. What a great guy. He Speaking, has that stuff, like we were saying. Good does. stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of great guys, John, thank you so much for everything you do in the community. Thank you for singing at Ditka's. Thank, thank you, you for my brother. You thank you. Oh, thank in. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, we will have you back on the show. There's no doubt. I'll drag you in. Well, I can't really drag you, but I'll try my best. <laughs> I'll drag you in here. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming in here. That's the the wrap on our show here, and we'll be back. Uh, 